Thanks for tuning in to the Realtor Moms podcast. We are Tasha and Jamie, full-time realtors in the FM and surrounding areas and admittedly average moms. This is how we sell homes and try to keep our kids alive. On today's episode of the Realtor Moms podcast, uh, we're calling it Bring It Karen. (laughs) We're in multiples. (laughs) And I I feel like Tasha and I were just talking about this. Maybe we need to explain to everybody what what a quote unquote a Karen Karen really is. So, um, well, it it all goes back to the Karen memes. Yes. Yeah. So on the internet, these Karen memes right now are pretty popular. So I had to Google, you know, like, um, what's a Karen or a Karen meme? And they Google came up with a really great answer from Wired.com, and it's uh, the internet's stock female antagonist, a righteously annoyed middle-aged woman who loves coupons, reverse mullet bobs, and nothing more <laughs> than speaking to the manager. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and and the meme that we've decided to include with our cover, uh, shot. Our yep. cover shot today is going to be, do babies named Karen even exist, or do they just appear with three kids that sp- <laughs> with that specific haircut and want to speak to the manager it's always about the manager and i just think this karen stuff is so funny so and um early apologies to anyone actually named karen we truly love you and we we hope you enjoyed the joke as much as the internet is enjoying it (laughs) circa early 2020 (laughs) and and i should add we do work with a karen we love you karen we love you karen (laughs) so anyway um bring it karen we are in multiple multiple offers right now the market is really it's picked up a lot earlier i think than we're typically maybe used to or at least in the last well, couple of years. It, it's it picked up earlier I believe this year than it did last yeah, year. That's a good in point. in the Fargo Moorhead market. Yeah. It really did not go in and get going until April May. I mean, it last did year, not. Right. Yeah, last year it did not. And, and this now, year it has started. Yes. It is yes. on. <laughs> so multiple offers are becoming a fairly common occurrence. I had one last week where my too. clients Crazy. brought the fourth offer oh my in multiple offers. We were the third. And yes. so we felt now was a really great time to talk about this mm-hmm. and, and yeah. some tips and ideas of what, you know, our advice on how to increase your likelihood of actually becoming the winning offer. Yep. And on the seller's side, what to look for, because it's not always about the dollar no. sometimes if, if you've got some other, you know, other driving factors that are related to your move. So, so yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, I feel like I should start by saying, you know, we, we all understand stand in any offer situation that the seller wants the highest price and the best terms and a buyer always wants the lowest price, price that they can get the house with, for. And the best terms for them. Exactly. So, you know, we're always, even though negotiations are most often relatively friendly, we're always trying you know, kind of working from opposite sides of the spectrum. So, And in a multiple offer scenario, mm-hmm. you put yourself in, you know, buy side, sell side. But, you know, if, if you're a buyer in that scenario, yeah. they're really is not much room for negotiation. If you are right. four offers in and you're like, no, I need $10,000 off the price. Right. Well, guess what? That's probably you not going to happen. Maybe wasting your time. And in the Fargo-Moorhead area especially, and sometimes the Lakes Country areas too, especially if a listing is relatively new to the market, um, we're seeing a lot of these offers being you know, even maybe the first one on the table is really close to or at asking price. So it's not at all unheard of in multiple offer situations to be somewhat too considerably above asking price. Yep. It's not at all unreal uh, or unreasonable. Um, so let's talk about it from a seller's perspective first. Like how awesome are multiple offers if you are oh, the that's seller? that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like high-fiving each other. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah let's pick the, the best one. 
on. <laughs> I get all kinds of people interested. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to put it to you, Jamie. Yeah. When you, let's say you're, you have the listing, sure. you are helping the sellers. Right. If a multiple offer scenario comes in, mm-hmm. let's talk about conventional versus FHA loans. Oh, right. Well, um, so like I said kind of earlier, it's not always just about the almighty dollar. And let's just pretend that everything else is held equal. You know, FHA, Fair Housing Administration loans, not first time home buyer. That's a common misconception. Um, They're not bad loans. They're really good programs. They are. But they come with a little bit more of a um, involved appraisal. Yes, and they do. And sometimes with that appraisal process comes some lender required repairs more frequently than with something like a conventional loan. Correct. So in the in the instance where two identical offers come in, everything else is the same except one type of financing being FHA and the other being conventional, we're going conventional every time. Yep. Because and the appraisal's probably going to be a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier. You're not going to be facing mm-hmm. as many issues. Mm-hmm. If maybe you're sitting in a new construction home or sure. you're sitting in a home that's only a few years old, maybe it's it's not as big of a deal. And we give advice right. depending upon each home to say what are what are the issues we could be facing with an FHA loan. Um, but that is something to really think about. And I can say for the most part, if, if we're dealing with conventional versus FHA, that's my advice too. Go yeah. conventional all the way. How about earnest money? How does it make you feel, Tasha, if you're ripping this send- seller and you see somebody come in with 500 bucks and somebody comes in with three grand? Oh. <laughs> I mean, that makes a statement. It makes a statement. Right? And to and when I'm looking at that, I say, oh, they're putting more skin on, in the game. Yep. They are willing to say, hey, you know, we're not... It, to me, it's, it, signa- it signals a, a stronger offer because if something, if they were to walk away mm-hmm. two days before closing, well, maybe five hundred dollars may not matter as much as three thousand right. dollars. Right. They were that they have they are, have more incentive to close and to yeah. move forward with that sale. Right. Well, here's another one. Um, how about pre-approvals or cash letters? So even oh, yes. sometimes, let's say you've got a really great offer from somebody who is giving you asking price or a little more than asking price, conventional loan, all the other terms are what you like, and they've got this great pre-approval letter that says they're you know, qualified to make the purchase. And then you've got this kind of quickly thrown together cash offer, no details, no documents. How does that make you feel? We have no idea if they're even able to purchase the home. Right? There's no proof. We need proof. And when and if I I can tell you if I I know you are the same way. Mm-hmm. If we're dealing with clients and they are a cash deal, I tell them, look, we need a we need a proof of funds letter right. letter from your bank showing that you are there's proof that you can purchase this this right. home for that amount of money. Right, right. To the best of your ability. And we're not trying to get in your personal business. We just want to help you. If if we're working for the buyer, we want to help you prove to the seller who doesn't know you from Adam that you are very capable of continuing on with the transaction that you have the funds readily available to be able to do so. so. Which is also, you know, with the pre-approval letter, if you're yep. dealing with a mortgage or, lender, the mortgage yes. lender is saying yes. From everything we've looked at financially, they would be able mm-hmm. to finance this property. Yeah. And honestly, cash offers aren't as common as financed offers, but... It does that, happen. Yep. Having that bank back you up and say, yeah, he, she, they are good for it. Um, that really, That really helps a lot. Uh, how about contingencies? Con- clean, making it making it as clean as possible, right? Well, I know in the deal I had last week, it was as mm-hmm. clean as possible, and I said, okay. And tell tell our <laughs> listeners what what that means. Like, what's a clean offer? Uh, well, it's, okay. 
okay, if you have to make an offer that's contingent upon you selling your home Mm -hmm. and someone else has to make an offer and they don't have to sell a property to be able to purchase, that right there, I can tell you the one that has to has to make a contingent upon them selling their house, they can probably kiss that deal goodbye. It's yeah. not going to happen. I mean, you know, there's there's exceptions to every rule, but yeah, as a general rule of thumb, it's, if you've got a house to sell and you're competing with another buyer who doesn't have a house to sell, the sellers are going to lean that other direction because otherwise they're just play, changing the weight from when is their house going to sell to when is your house going to sell? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't really progress them forward as quickly as an offer that doesn't have a contingency. Correct. So at least and how from... about you made a suggestion a little bit earlier ago about um, getting on top of your home inspection. So yes, you're about to write actually, an offer and you do what? Um, if I realize it's going to be a multiple offer scenario, I will try to go, you know, talk to my clients, decide who they want to use as a home inspector. Mm-hmm. And from there, contact the home inspector and find out when, um, when are they available to do a home inspection. So that way we can tell the listing agent and those sellers when, you know, when they can expect for us to be doing that inspection. And so when we can wrap up that home inspection contingency. Yeah. And which I I do have to say, I even in multiple offer scenarios, I still tell my clients to do a home inspection. Um, I do too. I just I think it's their it's their one chance to really understand what's working and not in a home. And if there's major issues, we're not aware aware of. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, that's a great idea. And then just yeah, like you said, being able to tell the sellers what that time frame looks like. Otherwise, we typically write something in like two ish weeks, maybe three, maybe a week and a half, ten days, something like that. But it's really nice to say, hey, look, we're uh, we're asking for ten days on our inspection contingency, but we've we've got a an appointment tentatively booked for three days from now so we can wrap this up much sooner much sooner as long as everything goes as planned so that that means a lot too the other thing i do is i will contact the listing agent and Mm -hmm. ask if the sellers have a preferred close date right Um, sometimes i find that can be really beneficial because Mm -hmm. if let's say my clients come in and they're eight weeks from now but the client wants to be moving six weeks from now or maybe we're coming in with oh we can get this done in four weeks but they need you know they may need eight maybe they haven't located their house and they want more time where they're building correct so those things can really matter so i try to get an idea of where they're coming from and if my clients have the availability to be flexible Mm -hmm. then then that's That's a win-win for them for everyone especially if maybe they're in an apartment that's month to month and they don't have to give a ton of notice maybe you can say something like and i know i've written this in before too um on or before a certain date or left it blank and said seller to choose closing date within a, a you know a reasonable section of time but yeah there's a lot of different things that you can do to make not just the price um one of the really attractive features of your offer correct but then at the end of the day (laughs) bring it karen it's got (laughs) that price has to be there you you know most of the time or a lot of the time if you're really far apart on price um even if everything else lines up really really well you know, the finances are are a, a big deal. Very, very important part what, of whether or not a seller will will choose you as correct as the buyer. I mean, at the end of the day, there yes, there the there are these other terms, mm-hmm. but what their bottom line and what they're walking away with at the end of the day for this sale, what their proceeds are going to be, really do matter. Right. So we have to really take a look at that and see. You know, you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic and say, do do you feel comfortable at that Mm -hmm. list price? Do you feel comfortable purchasing that home for that price? Is it worth it to you? In the seller's shoes, if you had four people or two people even vying for your home, yeah, if everything else lined up, but um, but this one is, you know, 
$5,000 less than asking price. The other one is right at asking price. You're probably going to go ahead and take the one that, that gives you a little more money or, or, you know, maybe not. Obviously lots of other things are very important, but, um, cash is king price is important. And, and that's really the first thing that everybody looks at, right? When they Correct. call us like our sellers, like, well, what's the price? Well, one, <laughs> thing, they give one thing we haven't talked about is, um, seller paid closing costs oh right and if you i i tell my i tell my um buyers if they yes seller paid closing costs is a great bonus and if we can get that for you that's great for the buyer but if you can afford to purchase that home without asking for seller paid closing costs well then we need to take a look and have Mm -hmm. a long discussion on whether that's the right approach for you or not because if if you in a multiple offer scenario if you can come in and say look i don't need you to pay for any seller paid closing costs makes you look like a strong buyer you look yes it makes you look like a very strong buyer and it means that your offer is a net to seller you know of purchase price or what whatever you offered is the number that's going towards their balance sheet or going to to them towards closing not you know the house was 200 but i need 5000 back as closing costs well that's a net to seller of 195 that's not a full price offer correct so yeah all those things keep in mind and um just as a to quickly kind of uh cover one more thing what do you tell your buyers and your sellers how seller how a seller can respond or can't respond to multiple offers? <laughs> Trying to lead you into a question here. I'll just answer it myself. <laughs> no. Well, no, I, I, I'm I, talking about can you negotiate with multiple people at one time? No, absolutely right. not. You That's cannot do that. You do not. That's what you I wanted you to say, Tasha. You do it. that. <laughs> well, That's what happens? Well, if I mean, you go out and if, counter offer everybody that offered you, and they all say yes. If they all say yes, then you are. <laughs> sitting in a scenario where you have right. four offers and right. four people that have yeses you can you can choose yes. one person right one person listen, to Karen, negotiate you cannot go out and say listen the first person to give me 250 for my two hundred thousand dollar house gets it <laughs> and respond to all the offers that way that is not allowed <laughs> nope sorry so you can um you can accept one that's that's option a you can as a, as a seller you can choose to negotiate with one and keep all the other ones kind of on the back burner or you can negotiate or accept uh, negotiate with one and cancel or decline all of the others or um you can go back to before you make any decisions go back to all the folks who have made offers on your property and tell them to bring their best best and final, and final. how yeah. often do you find that you do that do you best do that finals? best and finals do pretty you much every time so do i so do I. I. I was pretty much expecting to yeah. hear that. <laughs> yeah. But as long as my clients say, yes, any... do that. I, right. I mean, at the end of the day, if they're in multiple offers, there's no room for no, no more room for negotiation. Right. You just put your best foot forward yep. that you at this point, what in that contract are you OK with? And it has to be the very mm-hmm. best because there's no second chances. Right. It's a matter of putting your best foot forward and saying, OK, I will do this. This is the best that I can do at this point, mm-hmm. And I'm not able to do anything more. And if you're the buyer receiving that message from your agent that they just, the sellers have just instructed everyone to make their best and final offer, this is your last chance to do exactly that and then to to let it go if you didn't get it. Because most likely you're not going to get a counter offer. Sometimes you still do, but um, there's a really good chance that that really honestly was your last chance. So there you have it. And one more thing, you cannot ask, you can ask for offer confidentiality. Um, that just kind of, it's a great conversation to have with your realtor. That's probably where I want to leave that one. There's a lot of, (laughs) 
intricacies there with that are. one. It, it and can slow down the process a little bit, but that doesn't necessarily always mean it's a bad thing. It just it depends on the situation. It depends so. on the situation, and it depends on what is in your best interest. And mm-hmm. so, yes, if, yeah. if you want more information on offer confidentiality, we're happy to have a conversation <laughs> with you. That'd be um, a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> but, um, but it's if, important to know that it's an option. It's an option. Um, but make sure you talk to your realtor um, and get more information. You bet. Hey, thanks for tuning in, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> We would love to be your realtor. Reach out. Replay or hear more episodes at realtormomspodcast.com or check us out on iTunes. We do post funny stories and more information on Facebook and Instagram, so feel free to check us out there. This podcast is produced by Tasha Barrett and Jamie R. Swenson of Park Company Realtors, Fargo, North Dakota, 701-237-5031.